Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston Proper, you are Live from the Path. Listening to live from the path. We're coming to you from the Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. It is good to be with you. You know, I man, what? Sometimes I look around the room and I, and I look at like some of the posters we had on the wall and some people that have been on the show or whatever. And I think to myself, I wonder what those guys are up to. And then it occurred to me just after I thought that, it was like, I bet they never think. I wonder what life from the path. Is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. that's too bad. <laughs> live, live, what, what, yeah. what was that? <laughs> Who and why? <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, I was looking for a guest. I, uh, I was searching the internet for folks to invite onto the show, and like uh, something similar was running through my mind about like some of the folks that we've had on. Uh, and what their impressions of the show might be. Like, there's, there's been a few who were like real happy about it, and then some people who kind of just faded away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I feel like that seems appropriate. Yeah, we should send out like an email or something and say. Hey, by the way, do you like us? <laughs> we're a big deal. <laughs> do you want to be our friend? <laughs> All right, uh, here we go. Here's what we've got on the show tonight. So, hey, hey, man, uh, uh, Benny Hinn says, Benny Hinn, Mike, you know what I'm talking about? Want to say Benny Hinn? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, so so Prosperity Man, the guy with the white the white coat, you know, knocks people out and he heals them. He does the was wazow. Yeah, I feel so, underdressed. Th- that's right. So he says that he may have gone too far. With the prosperity gospel stuff. Uh, Whoa. Like uh, someone was interviewing him after the death of Billy Graham, and uh, he says he might have gone too far. I mean, because of uh, Billy Graham's legacy or whatever, or was there something that triggered that? No, I don't know. He was. It was just an interview. So we'll, we'll, um, we'll talk about it, because I, actually I read a little bit of the interview, and I thought, well, you know, uh, I mean, it seems spoken, right? Yeah. So anyway. I tell you what, that Billy Graham passing away, I, it brought up some decent conversations, you know, at the at the old workplace or whatever. It was it was kind of nice. Um, I I, so I think some people miss the miss the reason why Billy Graham was a good dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. And and what made him who he was? They're like, oh, he was just a solid guy. I'm like, you know, he he followed Jesus his whole life. <laughs> yes, he was very very solid. But uh, it, it had a it had a I had some good conversations about it. But I was I was actually kind of. A little bit disappointed, you know. They actually just thought he was a a good dude on his own steam, you know. And and Billy Graham never said anything like that. He never said I'm a good dude on my own steam, you know. And so uh, I I don't know that it kind of it kind of got missed a little bit. But yeah, that was that was it was a good talking point at the least. Uh, so yeah, well, um, uh, I'm gonna read you that Benny Hinn article. Uh, also, so we we were talking uh, a little bit before the show about uh, spiritual disciplines, and like I'm kind of interested in a couple things. Uh, like I'd like to hear from you in what it, um, um, and not not just us, but like if if you're listening to the show uh, and you've got some feedback for us, I'd be interested in kind of your interaction with the spiritual disciplines, like how you think about them, um, what practices you have in place. Um, and it'll make more sense as we talk through it. But I think the one of the big questions is is a lot of times we we say, hey, look, we want to live like Jesus lived, and and generally we we look at that as an it's an outward thing, right? Like I want to love my enemies. Uh, I want to be faithful to what God calls me to. Um, and it, it's, it's a very kind of external thing. But, like, there are things about Jesus' life 
And the question is, is like when we say we want to live like him, we, we often don't mirror a lot of the practices that seem to undergird a lot of what he does, right? Like we look at um, the best example I can think of is that, uh, as a matter of fact, Dallas Willard uses this example. He says uh, we, we look at some of the spiritual things or the, the outpouring of our faith um, like like a, a baseball game. Like you see someone like Jesus. He's the he's the all star. Right. And you say, I want to I want to act like him. And so you go buy the gloves that he wears and you, you know, and you show up to, and you want to play like him during the game. And the truth was, is that like the all star, the guy that plays the all star game is that way because of the the things that he does that undergird it. Right. The 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 performance or the game itself is just kind of an outflowing um, of everything else that he practices or the kind of the underlying things that allow them to act that way. And I feel like um, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty universal thing. Um, where there are Christians who are like, I mean, they feel like they're trying hard. Um, they're putting a lot of effort into, they, they want to be faithful and they feel like they're just not like things just aren't clicking as, as they expect. And I don't think they have unreasonable expectations. They have biblical expectations of like what should be going on around them. And I think there's a disconnect or excuse me, let me say that the opposite way. I think there's a connection to our, our attempt to go ahead and, and just play the, the all-star game all the time. Um, Without actually kind of doing the underlying things that allow us to um, to meet the event when it shows up, um, and I think the the spiritual disciplines um, have got a bad rap, um, but, but actually are that are part of the a large part of the opportunity to do that. So we want to talk about that. Dan uh, has has, has uh, recently taught through uh, the spiritual disciplines and stuff, and so I kind of want to get uh, we'll get his perspective and uh, see whether he implemented any in his life. Or extended anything, or whatever the learnings were from that, um, and we'll talk. Uh, I've got some other thoughts that I just want to. Uh, I just want to walk through those a bit because I think it's a it's a major opportunity, um, and I think we might be we might be missing we might be missing out. Mm. Uh, then we got some advice on dear life from the path of. I don't know. I looked at it. Something about a single teacher, pessimistic about uh, having relationships with people. I don't know. Mm. I mean, that sounds rough. Yeah, I didn't really sell it very well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Anyway, that's uh, that's about the extent of which I've looked up the stuff. Uh, oh, hey, hey, do you guys did you watch the Olympic coverage? No, I, I've watched nothing. You haven't. Do you, you don't turn it on TV, Dan? I mean, uh, I'll see it and go, eh, curling, <laughs> and then I move on. Yeah, I gotta be honest with you. The Winter Olympics are terrible. I just yeah, I just don't I, care. I did watch the down downhill halfpipe or whatever. Now that could that could be entertaining. Yeah, I, I think I caught. I was happened to be out of town for work, and I caught the uh, the downhill ladies. Like this, like the snowboarding. Yeah, the snowboarding. Okay, I was I mean, like five. I don't know what they call it. Five minutes of one that's like skiing downhill, but it's like really bumpy. Oh, and the whole time, hey, I'm yeah, thinking, man. Hey, that looks the moguls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called the moguls, and that like that looks like a knee destroying. Exactly. Operation. That's what I was gonna say. If I was a, a, a knee surgeon, <laughs> I'd be at the bottom of the hill giving out cards. That's right. <laughs> I'll see you in five years. <laughs> Sheesh. How can that be worth? Maybe sooner. I know it, it can't. Uh, how do you how do you do that? Do you like you're really bad at the other skiing, and they say we'll put you on these? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's too obvious. You don't know what you're doing on the smooth hill. Yeah. Why don't you go in that bumpy one where it looks like everybody about to topple? That's that's how I threw the discus. I was in track, and I was like, yeah, the hurdles aren't working for you. And yeah. I, yeah, running in pe- general isn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pick discus. up that big plate. Yeah. Give that a chuck. <laughs> Throw that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it was a, a sport created for some kind of rich kid who lived up on the hill, like a real bumpy hill, and like. He just said, hey, this should be a sport because I do it. You know, I, I maybe I'm a bit of a purist, I guess, but, like, I feel like some of these events where you could only be good at them if the event was it, it was catered to the creation, right? Where, like, you yeah. see guys doing archery and stuff. I'm like, archery always existed. You're just awesome at it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, like, people that run the half pipe on the, on the snowboard, I'm like, where do you – 
It's not like there's naturally occurring half pipes. It's like you had to work and practice at a man-made half pipe. It's just like with the rings on the gymnastics and the horse. You know, like, I mean, is there a log back at your place when you were like seven that you were jumping over and doing sweet, sweet moves on? Uh-huh. It's like the, 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 the tumbling I get. I mean, you can do that in a regular grassy field. But like some of these events were like if the apparatus was not specifically built for you, this event would not exist at all. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's wrong, I guess what I'm saying. So, uh, d- did they have the Winter Olympics back in the old Greece? I mean, they used to do these in the nude. Yeah. So I'm thinking, no? No, yeah, I'd imagine not. They'd it, be kind of cold. Yeah, so it's a commercialized deal. NBC built it in 1975. We uh, can make cash. Let's go winter. Yeah. Huh. yeah well, well, there's a couple other seasons open. <laughs> Fellas, you want to fire up the Fall Olympics? Hey, man, yeah. I bet we could get better viewership on the Fall Olympics. Than been the what would we do? Get. Horseshoe? Uh, no. Okay, okay. fitting Mike's Mike's requirement that it's naturally occurring. Yeah. Mike, what's a naturally occurring fall oh. uh, fall activity of that can be Olympicized? Boxing. That Boxing's already part of the Summer Olympics. That feels like more like a fall sport, doesn't <laughs> it? I'm thinking if you can do curling in the winter, you can do raking in the fall. Yeah, people that rake. <laughs> and pumpkin bowling or something. What about motorcycle racing? Tomato, tomato wars. Lawn darts? I mean, Ooh, lawn darts. darts. Hey, is, is bocce ball an Olympic sport? It should be. Is badminton an Olympic sport? No, uh, no. Is, wait, can you be, uh, is tennis? Yeah. I think you can win the gold in tennis, can't you? I don't know. I don't know if tennis I is. feel like the Williamses did it. Uh, huh. okay. So we're going, so we're, we're, hold on. Uh, we're in with bocce ball. Badminton. Lawn darts. Pumpkin pie launch. Pumpkin pie launches. Hey, wait, is bowling an Olympic sport? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean that's a shimmy. I mean uh, that, that re- could... hold on that, that, that requires uh that's unnaturally standing pylon somewhere. No, people could set up things and knock them down. That's uh, regular. That's true. That's as old as time. Yeah, that's that's as old as time. Even there. Socrates was doing that. They got <laughs> pictures of him. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, this is a good idea. We haven't done a major event for a while. Let's put together some uh, fall Olympics. Life from the path, fall Olympics. Yeah. yeah. I'll ask these people on the wall <laughs> if they want to come out. <laughs> what would it take? We got to have people from every country. Uh, so there was an article about about guys, uh, and I, I hadn't even thought of this about people doing missionary work at the Olympics. Huh. And so I thought, hey, well, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, except for I read the article. Oh shoot, is the article still here? Is uh, it seemed okay, but then like they said something shifty, and then I then I got like I got irritated by the article. Um, so the, 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 tar- the name of the article on the Christian Post was, you didn't see the most important teams in the Olympics. And so what, what the Olympic missionaries accomplished will bear fruit forever. And so the, the athletes we watched on television were not the only teams that went to the games. Baptists, Presbyterians, and Methodists huh. sent missionary teams to Pyeongchang as well. 26 local congregation also staged outreach ministries. I dig that. I like yeah. them local, uh, the local fellows out here. Yeah, I don't know why the Lutherans aren't participating. What's uh, their deal? Yeah, isn't it kind of weird that they named the denomination? Yeah, it like, is. Can't we just say the people of Jesus went over there? <laughs> so my, my, my daughter's told me they, that the, somebody there, they give out like a hundred and some condoms per day to the athletes. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm like, I realize they're world class athletes, but I'm trying to imagine over a hundred per day. I mean, that's certainly optimistic. I mean, I mean, yeah. Don't they got to compete once in a while too? I mean, isn't it? I mean, we're we're in competition to physical prowess. I mean, isn't it frowned on to be using all your energy for other stuff? I don't know, but I'm glad we have missionaries now. I think that's, that's what I'm saying. Of course, actually, a good idea. To be honest, I mean, you're the, 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 it is a hill. You're falling down a hill on skis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I credit it takes some physical effort. I'm guessing, but gravity's doing a lot of the work here. On the bobsled, don't you just kind of jump in? Yeah, it's an it's a oh, tube man. on ice. Hey, I swear. I mean, 
Those those guys did not have those guys had a twelve pack of Bud Heavy, not a six pack. Those those bobsledders, or the guys on the luge. Yeah, the the the, the, the rear end, the butt man. Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are big fellas. I mean, their oh. job is to push the thing super fast and then jump in and then and then put the weight in there so that it moves fast. And uh, yeah, I mean, these guys aren't the epitome of. You know, I guess I never quite understood. Like the, the people crashing on the bobsled. I mean, it's, it's a half, it's a half of a pipe and you're in a tube on the eye. I mean, don't you have to be asking to get it out of there? It's like going down a slide yeah. at the playground. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you don't fall off that slide unless uh, you want to. Well, no, if you're going so fast and you don't take the turn right, you flip over. I saw the Germans do it. Well, that's an engineering problem, isn't it? Uh, no, it's a driver problem. He tries to, so they try to bank it in such a way that they keep a rocking. And if you try to, you take, take too much of the advantage, you flip over and you ride the rest on your head. They get See, going pretty fast too, yeah, don't they? Like ninety miles an hour. That's what I was this is That'd the thing a, that I'm ooh. talking about, right? That's not natural, though. To that's my what point. I'm saying. I mean, if you have to, I mean, I understand archery, right, as being a, a thing that you like, you can practice and you have to get better at over time. But like, well, if you have to explain to me the finer points of getting a tube banked right on a, a, a non-natural course, it was built for the tube to be in it. Why didn't they just build it so you can't fall out? Uh, well, I think that takes some of the, the excitement out of the sport. So it's completely phony. Although, I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, think of how much time you have to put into something like this. And, like, I, I mean, I have a hard time getting my wife to buy into, I don't know, the radio show, for example. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but, like, hey, I'm going to dedicate my time and be like a, and be the butt man on a, on a bobsled. Yeah. That's an understanding woman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really. True. True. Oh, and you pretty much got to pay for everything. Yeah, right. Like, not, I, I, I mean... Yeah. yeah, I mean they're paying for flights over their own travel and all that stuff. Yeah, you know the the most of the Olympians that travel that uh, do the downhill ski jump or whatever mm-hmm. train in Illinois. Really? Wow. At a at a at a ski jump they bought from the state of Minnesota who decided they didn't need it anymore. And I thought, you know what? We should be pumping out more people out of Minnesota. Illinois is not a wintertime downhill skiing state. It just doesn't seem that way to yeah. me. You know? Hmm. This is what I'm saying. We're a bunch of phonies. You know who should be awesome at this? Oh, the Eskimos, people from Alaska. Where there's snow all the time, and naturally there's probably some kind of half-inch, uh, you know, hill in, in Alaska you could use for this. But if you find a guy out of Texas that rocks at this, he's lived a privileged life. You've been flying him to a half-pipe his whole life. <laughs> yeah, what I mean, was that uh, African crew that did a bobsled several years ago? They made Jamaican, a movie out of it. Jamaican. They made Jamaican, bobsled. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah the cool runnings. Like, they didn't, they didn't have a, you know. Yeah, see, they ran it on the dirt, like real men. <laughs> Because they didn't have a bobsled track. Because they live in Jamaica. I'm going sledding, babe. <laughs> You're what? Hold the fort. Uh, so the distracting part of the article was the guy wrote, he said, I was a pastor in Atlanta during the 1996 Summer Olympics. Our church learned that when the Olympic Games came to a city, the world comes with them. How did your church learn such a thing? Uh, our members genius. were genius. <laughs> so this was the part that threw me off. Our members were able to share Christ with more than 20,000 people through water stations, clown attractions, and literature distribution. And then I thought, like... They, I just got distracted on the scripture because I thought, like, what are you counting as we shared Christ? Like you, like you passed some water, Jesus gave a guy a water bowl. Yeah, <laughs> clown attractions. I mean, okay, here's a, this is this is going to tie in easily with our spiritual discipline discussion, right? When we're talking about uh, live like Jesus lived <laughs> or produce output like Jesus produced, Jesus never had a clown station. I, I have <laughs> Not a clown one time. costume downstairs. I really want to go put it on now. <laughs> I mean. Like, there's a context to serving your community in interesting ways. I, I dig on it, right? I understand. I just like, uh, it's, it's like those things when, uh, remember we talked about every time Denzel Washington says something, like every Christian newspaper picks it up and says, Christian Denzel says the following. <laughs> and like, if you handed out 20,000 bottles of water in service to people, that's great. But like, if you're counting 
we were able to share Christ with 20,000 people because you handed out a bunch of water and met him with a clown. I mean, I was just, I feel like we're not talking about things honestly. Well, here's the thing is you don't want to say it as harshly as it probably needs to be said because the majority of people will, will produce output like this, right? But the truth of the matter is, it's like you're like, hey, we're loving on people. Eh. They don't got water anyway. They're handing out free condoms. I think someone's going to give a bottle of water. <laughs> That's right. People are being generous with condoms. I mean, it's, 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 it's not the same. We like to compare it to, like, the plague. When other people leave, the Christians go in. Except for water is readily available <laughs> at the Olympics for free for everybody. Here, grab some of the snow. It'll melt. Yeah. <laughs> you can drink it. And if everyone else is giving out water, check out this clown. <laughs> right. That's the thing. We're not, what we call planting seeds is planting balloons. Yes. Uh, and balloons don't grow. <laughs> yeah. I mean... That's the thing. Is sometimes because I, I, I understand. It's, I mean, I get what you're trying to do, like, yeah, yeah. and I can't say that I would have not exactly thought the same thing uh, if for a majority of my life, right? That like at least I'm doing something. I'm I'm loving on people, right? Well, I mean, you, that's a pretty loose definition, right? You want to love on a guy that doesn't have water at all or access to it. I'm with you. Give that man some water. These are fantastic ideas, right? But like, just you and your smiling face in a booth with water in it. And a clown and whatever the other thing was. I mean, the intentions are all good, but like, you, you might be wasting your resources just on a, on a, on a scale, you know? You think there was like a, I guess maybe th- thinking about the shared Christ, do you think every time they handed one off to somebody, there's a guy with a board that says shared Christ and the other one with this just water? Yeah. Like every time you talk to a guy, you're like, you know what? Shared Christ. Oh, just water. <laughs> Mark him down. So there was a clicker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're going to have to put two buttons on there, Bill, in case we got to go backwards. He returned the water. There's like an elder rotation that does the clicker. Yeah, right. I mean, if a guy if a guy took that water and then baptized himself with it, okay. You, know, like, you, you, you rocked it. You, or, or he threw it on the ground and walked upon it. These are all things that are amazing, right? But, like, just merely because he was parched and you gave him liquid. I mean, you're not in war-torn Syria. You know what I'm saying? You at the Olympic Games, there couldn't be more modernization in free water hanging around Pyongyang at the time. That's like a, a lot of churches these days. I don't know. I say a lot. There are churches that are are counting web web clicks as attendance now. I'm thinking, why? Uh, yeah, like, that's a great question. Why? I mean, yeah. <laughs> does that number really matter to like, anybody? It, yeah, they're trying. It's being impressive. Look at us. Look at the stats that we're doing. We're growing. Blah 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 blah. I'm, I'm going. Okay, so 300 people watched your video. They were, I mean, but they count them. You know what? I, I think that would make it harder on the congregants when tithing sermon comes around. Like, look, there's a thousand people here, and you guys are giving like there's a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> this has got to end. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the it's the wrong, right? It's the wrong. It's an indicator of something, certainly, but like as a count for that, that's a that's a stupid count. Yeah, yeah. It's a wrong count. I don't get it. Yeah, it's a uh, well. So it's it's the, it's the susceptibility. The analytics are kind of a problem. Like the more information you have, the more you feel like the information matters, mm-hmm. right? And so, uh, like in my uh, my day job, I deal in in, in data. I'm a, uh, like I deal a lot of analytics and stuff. And like there is a danger to it that it um, gives you false impressions of things. Um, certainly want to count the right things, but like the the hardest work, if you're going to count something and, and really try to understand the difference in a, a process or the health of a, of a business or a church or whatever, like you spend a ye- you should spend a year defining what matters and then count it, not mm-hmm. start grabbing everything you can count and then try to sort it out and figure out what you think it tells you, yeah. figure out what define what matters and then go from there. And like we're grasping for 
I mean, I get it, right? You want to use information to inform a complete picture, but like, um, if you haven't defined clearly what it is that matters and count that, um, those tailwinds will kind of push around. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just thought it was, it, it was weird. The, the article as a whole, I just I hadn't even thought of um, missionary work during Olympics. I, I think it's great. That is a great idea. I, it sounds like we're dogging on the fellas, and they did more than I did. And and I think the heart <laughs> was obviously in in the right place. It, it's all it's just funny, haha. When you bring a clown in water, <laughs> that's all. Uh, I mean, you just I suppose it's the it's the number, right? Like it was just it was the twenty thousand that threw me off because then I thought like that's way too a it's too round a number. Uh, so you weren't really counting, and then you know to good man spiritual discipline style. I mean, if twenty thousand people stood up, uh, you know, over overnight and prayed like for twelve hours before the Olympics fired up, I'm kind of blown away by that. Yeah, that's I cool. feel like that would be amazingly awesome. Okay, combo thought, combo thought here. What if our fall Olympics are spiritual disciplines? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a people praying it out. Right. How do we judge whether someone's sleeping or not? <laughs> <laughs> right? Are you? Yeah, so you have to. We got to see who can pray the longest, but not dip into pharisaical territory or take too many uh, dramatic pauses, because then we think you're just shining it on. Actually, here's the. I'm going to rescind that uh, uh, simply because it runs counter to my what I was thinking of actually creating habits. <laughs> yeah, all right. I, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, okay. Obviously, based on Ben's last idea, we're not the right people to judge the people <laughs> hanging out water and, and clowns. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point. They, they could be totally holy. <laughs> uh, so I, I feel like we were talking. It wasn't who who was buying the plane. You remember like a few. A month or so ago, Creflo. No, Kenneth Copeland. 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 Yeah. That's right. That's right. I thought. I thought old white guy, prosperity man. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't been him. <laughs> it, was, it, it was Kenny. <laughs> it was his brother. <laughs> it was Kenny Copeland. Okay. So, um, it says televangel. Uh, this is also the Christian Post. Televangelist Benny Hinn admits going too far with prosperity gospel in wake of Billy Graham's death. Um, it says. Benny Hinn, who has often been criticized for his endorsement of the prosperity gospel, said in a stunning confession Wednesday that sometimes he has taken the erroneous gospel too far. We Wait get a it. He calls it erroneous. Uh, no, that's the description of the. Um, <laughs> okay. Of the, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, but l- listen to his description. Um, we get attacked for preaching prosperity. Uh, well, it's in the Bible, but I think some have gone to the extreme with it, sadly, and it's not God's word what is taught, and I think I'm as guilty as others. Sometimes you go a little farther than you really need to, and then God brings you back to normality and reality. He admitted that he has grown older and come to understand the Bible more. He now realizes that some of the things he learned from preachers when he was growing up aren't biblical, and the popular interpretation of the prosperity gospel, the teaching that believers have a right to the blessings of health and wealth, and that they can obtain these blessings through positive confessions of faith and the sowing of seeds, through the faithful payment of tithes and offerings, <laughs> is one of those things. Now, now he could have saved himself a few decades if he had just picked up the book and read it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he had it I in mean, his hand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's going to crack it open. Uh, it says, the more you know the Bible, the more you become biblically based and more balanced in your opinions and your thoughts because we are influenced. Seriously, I can agree with this man, but to Dan's point, I mean, this was well within his grasp. <laughs> uh, when I was well, younger, I was influenced by the preachers who taught whatever they taught, but as I've lived longer... I'm thinking, wait a minute, you know, this doesn't fit totally with the Bible, and it doesn't fit with the reality. So what is prosperity? No lack. I've said this before. So, he, so he's redefining. No lack. Prosperity is no lack. And then he, he then elaborated on how he believes no lack should be interpreted. He says, did Elijah the prophet have a car? Nope. Did not even have a bicycle. <laughs> he had no lack. Did Jesus drive a car or live in a mansion? No, he had no lack. How about the apostles? None lacked among them, Hinn said. Today, the idea is abundance and palatial homes and cars and bank accounts. 
The focus is wrong. It's so wrong. Wow. That's I what, know. Okay. Apocalypse. <laughs> oh, for that's you. a different game. Uh, Did he, he says uh, He said even though he's been accused of living lavishly and flying private jets in the past, that is not how he currently lives. I mean, forgive me. This is his quote. People have accused me of things that aren't even real. One guy wrote a comment, oh, he's worth $40 million. Oh, how I wish. I would give it all to the kingdom before God Almighty, he said. Well, he flies private jets, he continued mimicking criticism. No, I don't. I have not flown private in dear God years. I have no idea what that means. I fly commercial just like anyone else. He says, we all sadly made the mistake of thinking that this is what God wants, and God says, no, that's not what I want. It's time to live biblically. You know it all comes down to one thing. Do we love Jesus, yes or no? If we love Jesus, then it's all about Jesus. If we don't love Jesus, then it's about other things, he said. I mean, you could put it on a stamp, and I'd be like, okay. Wow. Huh. I, you know what? That probably took a lot of stones for him to admit all that stuff. He made his entire career off it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Good I would for agree. you. Yeah. He said, uh, he rounds it out, says, uh, we all want to finish right. He said, of the pastors, I think the, this was the group of guys that were under investigation, uh, for, um, I think Grass, was it Grassley that was kind of the head of that? Somebody yeah, was like, was looking involved into him. somewhere, yeah. Senator yeah. Grassley? Yeah. Oh. Um, he says, we all start right. Sometimes we, you know, stumble here and stumble there, but when you come right down to it, we all want to finish right. I'm 65 years old. I surely don't want to blow it at this point in my life, and I thank you for praying for me. I really mean that. So. I don't know. I thought I thought that was super interesting, not just because it was kind of a like a leaked gossipy thing about Benny Hinn, but his descriptions were I good. mean they 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 sound good. Solid. Yeah. So I hope that uh, I hope that's a reality for him and I hope it persists in his ministry and I hope that that is um there's something very powerful for a man um doing that at at I would agree at risk to himself. Uh, and frankly even trying to wade through the reaction of people who bought into that junk for years. Yeah. Um, but that is an opportunity for them as well um, to hopefully hopefully the influence he has will be used for positive if this persists in his, in his preaching. I hope it does. Hmm. Man, if he would have just been like, and by the way, don't take clowns places. You know, <laughs> you guys got to you got to bring that back. <laughs> can't not even like the youth minister dressed in clown. That's too much. <laughs> At least you could hire a legit clown. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's let's um, spiritual disciplines. So. Again, the premise, the, the, the question is, um, what, are we, what are we missing out on here to the extent that we are missing out on or so that we are missing kind of um, habits, spiritual habits that I think have gotten a bad rap. And I think a lot of it comes from um, like the Catholic Church at some point started looking at things like this as penance, like you're going to go this many days of fasting or you're going to pray for this long or whatever. And so as opposed to being uh, an opportunity that is pretty consistent throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, pre, post, and as Jesus, um, doing things like praying, fasting, solitude, feasts, like these types of things. Um, uh, not the Jewish feast, just like celebration with people. But like, um, I, I think we've, it's like, especially within the last 150 years or so, like we've just gotten away with, away from it as if they are negative things. And so, uh, Dan, maybe let's, let's start with you. Um, this is something that you would actually kind of focus some, some teaching on recently um what did you take away from that the, the spiritual disciplines I, I, I think i think we just it, it's an ends and a means thing I'm, I'm, I'm sorry my mind's going in four different directions i'm trying to focus my own thoughts it, it, we we want we want the ends and and we, we want the 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 spiritual maturity we we want um, the connection with Christ. We we want the lifestyle. 
the spiritual depth. Um, the, the, uh, but how you get there is these spiritual disciplines, the prayer and fasting and listening and, and meditation and, and reading of Scripture and, and all these things that, that we, we, we try to make it into a habit or we try to make it into a checkoff or we try to make it into to some type of scheduled event and that's usually how we'll teach it. And that's why I'm talking from both sides. Is one is what we do, and one is how you teach it to people. And and you got to teach it somehow, you know, one step at a time, one little bite at a time, right? And but but it, it's it's such a you got to do it, you know. It, it's we're so impatient, um, and I think that's where we get frustrated and, and we get lost and we quit and and we stop. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but but. Uh, I, I think our culture is we're so microwave, you know. Just just do it now. I don't do it. I don't want. I don't want a crockpot spiritual life. I want a microwave one. Right. And and it just doesn't happen. It's just not possible. Yeah. Where does that come from? Like that that does seem to be kind of an expectation that we have. That like, hey, yeah. I give my life to Jesus, and all of a sudden I, I'm supposed to be transformed today. Yeah. Right. Like I'm. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's actually a process. You know. Uh, you know that that. A uh, caterpillar goes in a cocoon for quite some time, uh-huh. and there's change taking place before it comes out. And even then, it, it has to kind of get its strength before it starts flying. It, you know, and we just want to like, okay, I said this prayer, I shook a hand, I was baptized, whatever, and and now I should. What's wrong? You know, why am I still doing the things I did last week? Well, well you haven't changed yet. So what's so? Um, I think I think the expectation comes from um, if the the general thought is, hey, hey God gives me a new heart. Right. right, like right, right. I'm, I'm reborn. At a train. And Transplant. so, and yeah. so, there's an expectation that that then passes into uh, the entirety of my life. Like I'm just suddenly different, even though no one you've ever met, ever, has actually had that experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, even reborn. Let's say you're reborn as a baby. Now you're an infant Christian. So, how many infants run marathons? Right. You know, or 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 think of you know cognitive processes to to. You know, build a car or something. You know, I mean, they, they've got to learn to think and walk and talk and eat and right. You know, everything. They, they, it's it's a process, a growing process, and it takes time of cooking the, the, of 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 your prayer life and and your spiritual life, your your scripture reading life, your 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 alone time and and, and your quiet. We don't spend nearly enough quiet time together. I think that's, that's true. That's, yeah, that, that's my usually what I take out of teaching on disciplines it, that's always what hits me the most is, is i don't spend enough quiet time just turning everything off yeah and and, and listening to god yeah you, you know i try to i try to, i'd see it that but i'm on the, i'm still on the gimmick side of that where okay i'm going to turn my radio off for 10 minutes right well, then i'm looking at the birds you know i mean you know you know <laughs> I, you know i, I just I, I haven't i've always had a goal to take at least one or two days a month to just go off somewhere and, and do nothing. I've never done it. I've never, yep. I can't do it. I've tried and I'll, you know, I'm listening to music. I'm, uh, you know, so I haven't got it. You know, right. maybe I'm not the expert here to talk about that. <laughs> well, and I think but, most people haven't got it. I think, yeah. I think we've all kind of, um, uh, well-intentioned folks who, who want to be faithful to things. Um, like we've dipped toes in and it feels, it feels unnatural to be honest because it's a break from, uh, what we're doing, especially culturally. 
Uh, we are not, we're not solitude people, generally speaking. It's very difficult to get somewhere without a distraction. And like the, the, the action that it takes to actually go somewhere or, or find a situation of which you are not distracted like that. And the amount, uh, well, first of all, the, like the environment itself, like it's, it's ridiculous the ends that you have to go to do it. And so it puts you in a very uncomfortable position. Like, why are you getting up at four o'clock in the morning? Like, yeah. if that's your option, right, right. why are you going out to the, the park? For four hours today. Like, these are, um, you have to admit kind of what, it seems ludicrous. And then it runs through your mind like, this seems kind of ludicrous. Yeah. And then even, and then because we're so used to, uh, distraction or noise or just stimulus in general, um, you're not just going to be able to walk out somewhere and have one experience of which now your mind knows what to do. Cause the last time you were at that park, uh, you were looking around at birds. And the last yeah. time you got up at four in the morning, you were going to catch a flight. Or something yeah. got bombed and you were checking the news out, right? Like we're, we're multitasking all the time. That's right. And to turn that off is so hard. Yes, to do it really is. Yeah, um, and you know, and I think it's it boils on the laziness too. Uh, I, I think I think of physically mm-hmm. food. I will go through periods of time where I will knock certain things out of my diet and I will add the right things and 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 I'll have a little exercise and I and I'll I'll, I'll be you know six days in and I'm thinking I feel terrific. Mm-hmm. Why don't I do this all the time? I know exactly what it takes to feel terrific. Yeah. And then within two months, I'm eating donuts and oh, there's an extra cookie, you know, and right. I'm thinking, man, I feel druggy. Same thing spiritually. Yeah. I, I know how to, I know how I can make all the, all the, uh, uh pistons fire and, and, and I, I can feel spiritually just totally in tune with God. I'm just totally like he's there, right? Yeah. And, and, and then I'll, after a while, I'll think, oh yeah, I, I, maybe it's just the confidence thing. I've got this now. Yeah. I don't need it. Right. I don't need oranges. Right. I don't need prayer. I'll it's be okay. fine without the without the restraints. Yeah. I'm in the zone now. That's right. And, and and then then we drift off again. I think the discipline is to keep going. Yeah, and, and that's why they're called disciplines. That's right. That's they're 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 habitual things, and they are they they're your um uh to, to steal a, a phrase from Paul like it, it's your um uh, it's your spiritual exercise, right? right. It's the thought mm-hmm. process that like you you have you you don't just show up and know how to do all these things. Like you're getting. The reborn, the, the, the think about it. Reborn is is the right way to think about it. You're learning how to live with um with a new family, with a gracious father, in a world that is still fallen, and like there is um and you're learning how to be like Jesus. If you were already like Jesus, you would be like Jesus already. Like like none of this stuff would be necessary. Yeah, yeah. And so like um to to feel like uh like some of our 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 keenness our spiritual keenness is atrophied like it just we, because we don't use it and we and then we kind of chip shot prayer here and there and you'll notice that some people are better than others there's some people that like they just they just seem to to get it like their prayer life is super healthy and it doesn't take any effort from them because it's just they've just kind of done that over the years they've exercised and they've exercised and like it just comes natural to them and it feels real awkward for you um and i think there's a sense of you know, we look at some of the things that the New Testament talks about and the things that we're supposed to be overcoming and the type of faith and the type of action that we're taking. And like, we've had to diminish them to be kind of idealized versions of things and not real things because there's a, because we're normalizing it for our environment where we actually don't exercise at all spiritually mm-hmm. or when we try, just like if you were to try to, to run a marathon, if you just started out running one today, you would get winded, you would feel awkward. Um, it would feel Listers. unnormal. Yeah, that's right. And oh, yeah. you would get, you <laughs> yeah. would get tired of it. And it doesn't mean that you didn't want to exercise. It doesn't mean, um, that you don't know it's not, that, that it's beneficial. Um, just like from a spiritual perspective, like I think we're running ourselves ragged here, um, with the expectation that you're just going to show up and run a marathon without putting in the basic kind of habit building 
spiritual discipline type of work of spending time with Jesus, spending time studying your scripture, uh, and to know the heart of the Father, um, spending time in solitude so that you are not drowned out by the world that you've come to help be part of sharing good news in. And like, you don't ever spend time in the, in the not that world. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so like, it's one of those things where, um, I, you can call it something else. I kind of like rhythms. Like it makes me feel like, um, if, if I think of not disciplines, um, although that's generally the right characterization of what has to be done for me to do them, but like a normal rhythm of life that says, like Jesus, you take time to get away. Like Jesus, um, you, you know your, you know your scripture. Like Jesus, you pray. And, and I think the indication is that, that, um, Jesus prayed pretty consistently. Like, there's not really an inclination that he stopped praying three times a day. As a matter of fact, the, in, in Acts, what was I just reading? Acts 10, um, the reason Peter's up on a roof where he has the vision of the meat on a sheet is he's up there to pray in the middle right, of the day. Right. And so, like, we got away from a lot of that stuff because we're like, this isn't works-based righteousness. I don't have to do these things for, for Jesus to say that I'm cool. And I agree. But you're missing out on those things, this, these relationship aspects of things. I, I, think, I think there's something very powerful about praying intentionally three times a day. Not long, lambasting prayers. That's why we have a Lord's Prayer type of thing. The thing takes 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just kind of the thought, though, that, like, I think these things have gotten a bad rap as if they are handcuffs when they're, when they're parachutes. They're, they're hot air balloons. They're, they give you the, the chance to, like, actually engage and do the things um, that we have an expectation from Scripture that we're able to do. And I think the gap, then, is is that we look at all we, – we try to do those under our own effort – because we've not done any of the underlying spiritual exercise that allows us to boldly witness when the time comes as a natural extension of everything we've been kind of praying about and steeped in and, and all those things. And I say this as like this is a known gap in my life. Like I uh, similarly, I, I, I stink at solitude. Um, I, I do a lot of uh, scripture reading for study, mm-hmm. but not a lot of scripture reading for um, just kind of letting it soak for a while mm-hmm. um and, and 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 some people this makes real uncomfortable because it feels like it's um it's very kind of loosey uh uh vaporish type of behavior right like um, i meditate for a while or i read the scripture and i soak on it like some people like that's a hard concept but like just think of it as exercise you're you're <laughs> you're going through the motions so that when the time comes you have rightly prepared yourself um to be able to react to situations and react to people and have actual peace and, and joy and the things that we would expect because we're, we're engaging in the provision of those things often and habitually. Uh, and we're not just, we're not throwing, um, uh, hail Marys all the time. Lord, it gird me with the, with the spirit. I plan to witness today, <laughs> right? <laughs> we are, we are constantly, that, that is just an outflow of, of what we're doing. And I think, um, I think the, the spiritual disciplines are, are, are kind of that, that connection piece. They're, they're not magic. Um, but they are the connection piece, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why the church has always done them. Well, yeah. I, I actually, I was, I was just—I think I put that out a little bit this week um, when I was—I was listening to some guy talk, and he said, "Of all the things that, like, if you look throughout the history of the way that God interacts with people, He doesn't put a whole lot of weight on efficiency, right? And so we we struggle with this, especially in our society, right? Like when someone says, "Hey, I'm going to go for a run," and compare it to say someone having a prayer, we're like. Or are you going to run to the store and get something? No, I'm just going out to have a run. Well, why would you do that? You could just as easily take a car to the store and get the thing. And like, it doesn't make any sense that you just go out and run for no reason, right? And so, like, um, when you're talking about doing something like in preparation so that it becomes ingrained and 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 you build up fortitude for it for a very long time, like, man, we just 
a real hard time with a lot of that. You know, and, and, and even the way that, that like, even the output of the way that Jesus deals with most people, like, like even walking through Samaria, even the fact that he ran into the Samaritan woman, right? That was the most inefficient route to get there, right? Like, that's just not the way that they should have gone. Uh, well, actually, the opposite is the inefficient route. Oh, no. No, no, I'm sorry. That is the most efficient route to get there. It's fastest to go through Samaria. That's right. But everyone else went around that's because correct. they didn't want to deal with the Samaritans. Yes. Well, crap. That the example's terrible. That, that's terrible. <laughs> I mean, but he stopped there, right? Like he's he's not bustling through. Uh, they stopped. They had remember the fellows were out nah, getting ben, lunch. There's no salvaging it. It was just wrong. Okay. <laughs> just wrong. Yep. Okay. So I, I'm, I've been on Rag Ray, the the bike ride across the state of Iowa twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they say you should ride a thousand miles prior to the event, and you'll enjoy it. The first year, I did a thousand miles prior to the event. Had a blast. It was just, it was just fun. Really enjoyed it. Yep. The next year, um, and and it was like you know five miles here, ten miles there. I don't think any ride of us more than fifty, sixty miles. Mm-hmm. Getting that thousand, it was just you do it. Just came part of my lifestyle. Every day I'm gonna ride my bike a little bit. Uh, the next year I did it. Uh, I, I was too busy. I don't know. The weather was different. It didn't happen. I got probably half the miles in. And, and I had to quit early. It was, it was horrible. It was a terrible, terrible week. And I, and I came home early. And I think that's the whole thing that it was the discipline of, of you can, you know, move that over to the spiritual world. The more you do your spiritual disciplines, the more, and, 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 you know, you just, just pray, just pray. Yeah. You know, and just, just spend some time alone. Just spend some time reading and, and you should just do it. Um, the hard part is just making that into, and I hate to use the word habit or discipline, or whatever, just, just, just lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, that when you do that, your whole spiritual walk is so much more enjoyable and there's so much more joy and, and, and the things that bother you when you're not in that zone don't bother you, you know, and, and, and people don't irritate you. You love them more than you hate them. I mean, it's just all these things just kind of go away that messes up your life, um, messes up the, the, the joy of your life. And, and we just, we just, I think it still goes back to, to we get lazy, we get yeah. lazy or overconfident. I think that two com- those two combinations will, will, will zap us. Yeah, yeah, and and it's weird because like if if you, we see Jesus doing these things, I feel like he's the guy who could have been confident. Yeah, who right? who, who didn't need to pray? Yes, right. <laughs> I, I know the Father. I'm one with him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like the Samaritan woman. <laughs> <laughs> he could have spoke to her. Just oh, meditate. Wait, he did. <laughs> meditate on that scripture for me. <laughs> And see how it would fit in an example. And then you write me an email, <laughs> and I will bring it up at the correct time. <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny? is like it's, 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 it's a weird goal. But one of my lifelong goals and <laughs> is, to, is to say, like, the great Shema, like, three times a day oh, yeah. and mean it all three times. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you yeah. had me do it right now, I would just be saying it because I want to, or, or you know, because I'm, I'm trying to fit it in. The Lord is cool. You know, yeah. but like, I feel like I want to, I want to, I want to wake up in the morning and go, the Lord thy God is one. The Lord, you know, the hero Israel. I like, yeah. I, I, I like, I want to think that and mean it uh-huh. and have it mean something to me three times a day. And I know that like, cause I tried it, right? I did it. <laughs> I thought I'm a fired up, you know, and like, I said it a couple of times and I'm like, this doesn't mean anything to me. I'm just saying it because I, I feel like I should, and not because it means anything to me. And like I always thought, I can't wait till the day where this meet, where I mean it. You know, where I stop, I I say it, I think about it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I believe that whole thing. Let's rock on the rest of the day. And like, there's there's a sense of it feels false uh, if you if it's like a fake it till you make it. But like, that's just a wrong categorization of the thing. It's exercise. 
mm-hmm. is you're going to yeah. feel like it's going to take a while to to claim you're a runner, right? Yeah, you, you're right, right. preparing for a marathon. The first few ones, like you faking it, you're not a runner. You person that decided to get off the couch today, uh, and so like your definition is wrong. Um, you are a runner. This is just this is what exercise looks like, and so like the, I think that engagement starts to change, and it doesn't mean there's not different flavors of that kind of thing, but like. I just um, – it's a false expectation to feel like you're going to show up and run the All-Star game. Like it's just going to take a while before you feel natural. And, th- and then like I think Dan's, Dan, that's a great point about uh, you, you start to enjoy it, right? It's going to in – the, in the first few rounds of it, like it's not going to feel enjo- – it's going to feel like work because it is work. When was the last time you were exercising and go, felt like nothing? It's because you're doing something that you have you don't do normally. It's going to feel different. It's going to take effort. Uh, and there are going to be times in which it's easier to go back to the thing that you weren't doing. But like, that's, you exercise because you know that what's on the other side is good. It's a beneficial thing. It's a good change in your life. It has long-term benefits. Uh, and frankly, I, I think from a Christian perspective, um, uh, it's one of those things that provides us a solid foundation, an undergirding, um, to, to some of the things that I feel like there's some, some dif- dissonance in, some difference in, and what we see in the New Testament and what our expectations are of our own lives. Um, we're not prepared to, like, I think people, I, I, I think people want to be able to tell other people about Jesus. They don't know what to say. They don't know how to bring things up. It doesn't flow straight from the heart. So we kind of psychologize people and figure out how to deal with them, put them in some buckets, categorize them, see well, how we can, how do I play this fellow to get him to know Jesus? Where I, I think if some of these things are kind of firing on all cylinders as a habit, as a discipline, um, I, I think a lot of that stuff goes away. I just think you're not having to lean on it so hard. You don't have to put such a taxing thought process into it. It just, it's available to you because we spent time interacting with it. And uh, you're putting too much burden on yourself um, to do the event thing um, than to otherwise just kind of submit to God in some of these ways. And then you'll, I think you'll feel that burden lift off from you. Or I'm hoping, like that's my hope. Um, because I'm, again, I'm, I'm kind of looking for the same thing and I feel like that is a pretty consistent gap in my life. So, um, I don't know. So it's just something I don't, I'm, I don't want to let go of. I think maybe we'll, we'll talk about, um, it's something that I'm going to be focusing on. And if I got something a little bit more specific, maybe I'll share that in case anybody wants to, you know, jump on board and, and try to ju- do that with me. But like, um, I, so I would say don't wait for it to be like a big kickoff or something. Like it's just something, it's time to start exercising. You're going to get fat and lazy, and you're going to feel it, um, and it's going to be hard. <laughs> the work's hard, um, but the exercise is good, uh, and I think hooks us up with some of the things that we that we might be missing. I agree. Okay, you've been listening live from the path. Thanks for hanging out with us so far tonight, Mike. We got a few uh, people need some advice. Yeah, we can do a couple. You okay. Ready? Yep. Dear life from the path, I'm 29. I had a son six years ago and left my ex because he didn't want to be a father. He chose to party instead. I had to file a name change for my son, and custody was hard to fight for because the father refused to show up. Since then, I've worked two and sometimes three jobs just to stay ahead. My child hardly sees me. I work so much that my son has stopped calling me mommy and instead calls me by my name. I feel hopeless and that I'm working for nothing. Have I made a mistake working so much? Boy, there's just not enough detail there, I think, to answer that well. I mean, I think, generally speaking, you're feeling a real thing. Yeah, um, I feel like I'm, I sometimes. I mean, we we'd like to shy away from, say, the honor and shame culture, but like there should be a lot more shame on that man. Mm-hmm. You know, like we just kind of pass that stuff off. We're like, yeah, you do what you do, it'll be fine. But like, I mean, in certain cultures, this would is extremely shameful. You know, we we should reinstitute that. <laughs> some, 
public shaming. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, sometimes that happens. I, I wonder if maybe she can uh, think outside the box a little bit and uh, figure out. She, she needs to spend more time with her child. Uh, so, what does that does that mean? Go back to her parents' house for a while, or find another single mom that they can share expenses, or do you know think think creatively? Um, because she's right. She she is she is affecting. She's she's harming the relationship in the effort to save it. Right. And um, so her heart's right. I think her her motivation's right. But but uh, she needs to, she doesn't need me to make some type of change. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, sometimes it is like we don't treat that relationship as if it is a basic need, like your time, your ability to be around folks. Um, and sometimes, like, I mean, this is where the, the details kind of matter. Um, yeah. Right. Like if you're, but like if there's any opportunity to, I would, I would live in a 400 square foot apartment if it would allow you to, to, to not work two jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can, you can manage those things, but you can manage those things like together in a close relationship with your son and like it really stinks that you're in the situation you are in um but um th- it is a bigger sacrifice that time uh, than almost anything that 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 they might be deprived of because of what, what you're able to provide um and so yeah I, i'm, I'm kind of with dan i think that's it's a right thing to react to um and it's going to feel extreme but i would take extreme measures if that you can to to get some of that time back Okay. Secular says, if you're working those long hours in order to pay your bills, you're doing what a parent is supposed to do, providing for your child. Because your ex isn't doing his share, get on the internet and research child support for single mothers. Resources are available to help you. As to your son no longer calling you mommy, I would have to ask where he got the idea he would call you anything else. Have you asked him? Rather than accept it, make clear that he has only one mommy, you are it, and you will not tolerate being called anything else. Yeah, I, I mean, you might be taking a little bit of a high, a high horse stance here. I mean, the kid didn't just come up to it just on his own, right? I, I think you fellows are right. Like, uh, you know, providing for your kid financially is one aspect of being a parent, and uh, it doesn't carry as much weight as being the parent of your child in almost every other capacity. So, yeah, and and it should, and I think the um, uh, I I don't know, I don't know that I take such a firm hand on. Uh, like the kid's just trying to express a displeasure, right? Like, um, it, it is a, I mean, I think I would certainly talk to your child, but I think to recognize that, like, it, it's just a reflection of the, of the situation. Um, and frankly, is, is what has, has driven you to, to consider it, um, uh, and to think about a change and to the, to that end, I think it has functioned rightly. Yeah. And, I mean, if it's just a marked disobedient, you know, like the kids just trying to get your goat with it. Why don't then, you go back to work, Sharon? Yeah, I think mean, you know. I, I mean, mean then I think you got to you maybe have to deal with that in a little different light. Then it's slowly slipping away, and they just started calling you, you know, Alice. You know, okay, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you might want to look. I mean, I do that all the time with my kids, right? Like, I will make a snap judgment on on some kind of disciplinary action, and then like it will just stew on me for a day or two. And like, man, did I make the right? I feel like I may have overreacted here. And then, and then I'll show back up and we'll talk back through it and, and, and I'll make an apology if I need to make an apology and, and, you know, and I'll try to change my behavior to, to, to match more what I think of a dad who doesn't think like me should have done, you know? And so like the same is true here is like where the kid, the kid has to, uh, be able to display his displeasure somehow. And so, I mean, apart from him spray painting it on the walls, you know, I mean, take it in as a whole thing. Look at your kid as a whole view 
and and one act doesn't tarnish him enough for you to get on a high horse and say I want to tolerate you blah 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 you know that that might be a bit far. Okay, okay. one more. Ready? One more. Yep. Let's see. Dare live from the path. I have been seeing someone for six or seven months, but we have been together for only three. He's quite the package, except he can't handle confrontation and doesn't communicate well. What? <laughs> Your definition of package is weird. <laughs> wait, wait, so, so they've been dating for six months and now they're like living together for three? Uh, it just says we've been seeing someone for six or seven months, but we have been together for only three. So maybe they were friends for four months and now they're dating for the next three. It doesn't uh, talk about living situation yet. Okay. Okay. His way of handling uncomfortable conversations is to avoid them, while I, on the other hand, tend to be very communicative. <laughs> is there a way for both of us to be happy when dealing with difficult conversations? Is there anything I can do to make him more comfortable with them? I should add that he hasn't been in a relationship in forever. I'm happy with him, but communication is important to me. I mean, communication is kind of important to everybody. Yeah. I mean, what do you mean by you're very communicative? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, here's the thing. Like, is 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 are, are you having a hard time communicating? You don't like his communication style because it ain't yours, right? Like, right. is the guy really? He just, you know, he's he's okay at communication. He just don't talk as much as you, or or want to battle things out to the wee hours. That doesn't make him wrong necessarily. Right. You know, it just means you guys don't have the same communication style. And so, yeah, I mean, you're obviously going to have to work past that uh, in some form or the other. Yeah, it's on. Un, it's unclear whether she is. Um shaded this conversation like is he, he's maybe he's an actual terrible communicator that's not unreasonable i mean that's that's a fairly standard man problem um but like what was the so what was the final what was the final question though oh it was three or four uh it was um let's see is there a way for both of us to be happy when dealing with difficult conversations uh is there anything i can do to make him more comfortable with them and no that's it is there anything i can do to make him more comfortable with them uh, I mean, I, you got to recognize who you're dealing with, right? Like, um, if your expectation is that you're going to change him so that he acts the way that you act, that's a fool. Uh, that's a dumb expectation. Yeah, you'll just shut him down each time. Yeah, I mean, some people got to process things for like a day. Yeah, and like where you think like you don't, you yell, you know, you in some kind of deep conversation and they're not saying nothing. You're like, fine, you ain't just going to talk to me. Like they're either wise and know that if they talk right now, it's a poor idea, and they, they, you know the things that were going to come out of the mouth are not helpful. Or they literally take some 24 hours to process it. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're like, I have no idea how I feel right now. And so anything, I'm just going to be making it up based on my emotional tank right now. And it's just not a good idea. Yeah. And so they'll process it for 24 hours. And it's infuriating for people who are pretty quick and on the, on the tongue. Yeah. They're like, how dare you try to ignore me or not talk to me? And like, doesn't mean they're bad at communicating. That just means they don't communicate the way you do. I think I think the older I get, that the longer I process things, and I, I think that is because I've I've just learned that. Well, oftentimes I will change my mind within twenty four hours. So yeah. why say the first thing? Yeah, you know, my first impression's often wrong. Uh, you know, Dan. Yeah. I, there's I no reason like, to load the cannon with the first thing you could yeah, grab. Yeah. It could have been a chicken, not a, not a cannonball. Yeah, I, yeah, feel, yeah. I feel like there's been a consistent problem in my life, and it makes me really mistrust my ability to deal with things in the now. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, more information comes to light or you, you just process it and go, maybe they really meant something else. Usually it's because I'll take people wrong or yeah. misunderstand their motives and then I get defensive. Or, or didn't look at the whole menu. And you're exactly. like, pasta yeah. salad. Oh, <laughs> I should have said chicken sandwich. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, I, I suppose, like, I mean, that's just a, that's just a result of being in a relationship with someone. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, I think you have to figure out, um, is this a, uh, is this communication thing like an actual barrier, uh, or is it just a difference? Like, if, like, there are some people who just, I mean, they just don't talk. And they avoid confrontation or, like, they refuse to talk over things. And, like, you, you literally cannot get anything done. In which case, you, you, it's not going to move forward. Right? Yeah. That's not a reasonable thing. Um, but, like, if it's just a difference in how how you communicate, um, you know, just to, as long as you can do, just figure out how to tolerate it. Well, I mean, the, the question, is there a way for both of us to be happy when dealing with difficult conversations? No. That's why the conversation is difficult. <laughs> no one's going to be happy and excited about this thing. It's a rough deal. We're out of money. I'm very happy about this. Yeah. I'd <laughs> this like to talk strange. about our budget again. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody hates that. <laughs> All right. Secular says, has it occurred to you that this man may not have been in a relationship in forever because he can't deal with uncomfortable conversations? For many women, that would be a deal breaker. I mean, mo- here's the thing is most people have difficulty with uncomfortable conversations. That's why they're uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, they just, they don't know how to deal with them well or like it, it drains on them and like they don't want to screw it up, make it worse. It's already uncomfortable. You have the conversation poorly. Like it's an, it's a completely natural thing. Not, Hey, no one, this man can't have a date or he can't stay in a relationship because he doesn't like uncomfortable conversations. It's pretty normal. Yeah. So maybe she can help him develop this by not overreacting when he does say something that she doesn't appreciate. What do you mean the sky is blue? Or, well, that was a bad example. <laughs> Use the Samaritan woman, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean the Samaritan? You should have went the other way. That's what I meant. I would have said that tomorrow if you gave me time. You know what I mean? You know, uh, yeah, see? Great point, Dan. If I had just shut my mouth and thought about it for five minutes. Exactly. Dang it. And if we didn't jump on you, you wouldn't be so afraid to bring it up again. So uh, just don't jump on him. Finishing out says, why not all men are comfortable with long, heartfelt conversations? The only way to arrive at a compromise is to talk with each other. Give him more time because your relationship is still new. But if he isn't capable of opening up, recognize it as an important red flag if you are contemplating a long relationship with him. Do it, wait, we agree then? I mean, That's I mean if, if you've literally only been dating this man, you know, you've known him for six months and you've been dating him for three, I mean, give him a little chance here. You want yeah. How many heartfelt conversations do you have? People are on their best behavior the first year of dating, and you're already plugging them up on, on terrible conversations, poor guy. Okay, I agree. Hey, you've been listening to Life in the Back. Thanks for hanging out with us so much. We do appreciate it. Uh, welcome, hey, Noah uh, from YouTube. Uh, thanks for joining the podcast. We appreciate that. Hey, um, we will see you. So we're off next week. Because uh, we off every week, we work a, we work yeah. a very lazy schedule. Yeah. Um, but we will be back on uh, somewhere early March, and with some musical guests, and uh, we're gonna catch them and see where how we're doing on spiritual disciplines. If you got a story uh, or had an interaction of, of got, you know putting this thing into practice, um, I'd love to hear a story. So shoot us an email info at life in the path dot org, and uh, we will see you in a couple weeks. In the meantime, be faithful means God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path.